This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to Frank Barretts. At age 73, he has a barn full of antique tractors he's restored, 22 to be exact, ranging in age from 1937 to 1959. Everyone is special to him. So, members of the Hudson Mohawk Pioneer Gasoline Association, of which he is president, help each other. We're trying to preserve history, said Barrett's, noting members are eager to explain their machines to visitors at the annual June Gas Up. It's a way to escape the modern time, said Barrett's. It's like it used to be before computers took over the world. Just like to start by asking you, how did you first get involved with the gas up? Well, I I was a collector of toys, toy tractors for a number of years, and decided to buy a real one. It was a 1948 John Deere M to start with, and then it escalated into many, many uh, old John Deere tractors. And then I joined the gas up in '96. Uh, and have shown uh, different tractors ever since. And, and now I've gotten to the point where I'm the president. And, uh, I got a lot, I know a lot of the history. I don't know all the history and I don't know all the names, but we've been there for 54 years. Yeah, that's just really exciting. I tried to look up a little bit of the history, and um, I found out who the founders were. Maybe you could just Elmer Cornell and Ronnie Rolf. Could you just tell us a little about how the organization got started? And its real name is quite impressive, the Hudson Mohawk Pioneer Gasoline Engine Association. Um, just, I'd love to hear a little of the history of the organization. Well, Ron Rolf and his brother Todd owned the property where we are currently, and they uh, they were into old engines and things, and it started with them just having a backyard, I guess, fun fest where they ran their engines, and if people came to watch, it was great, and if they didn't, well, and they, it was it was okay too, and so they at some point they put in bathrooms so they needed to buy necessities for the bathroom so they put out um, donation barrels hoping to at least cover their costs and, and they did and, and then as it as it grew and it got more more interesting they added uh, they incorporated the club as a nonprofit so we are a nonprofit now and um, it just continued to grow from uh, three or four guys getting together on a week, couple weekends to run their machines to this event that we're going to have here uh, this weekend. Yeah, it really has grown. And I know uh, because we wrote about it in this past year, you've actually been able to get together the money to buy the property and own it as an organization. So congratulations on that. And tell us just a little about the location so people can find it and why it was important to the group to have that property. Well, we were, we started uh, last August with a, uh, 
a fundraiser. We sent out letters to our members and businesses in the area hoping to get enough money to be be able to purchase the property. And um, we did. And um, we were able to raise of the uh, of the 65,000 that we needed, we were able to raise 40, 43,000 and we were able to get a loan, um, to cover the rest. And then in the process, we put in electric and drilled a well. So the significance of the property is because it's been there. The show has been there for 54 years. We have some buildings that are unique to the property with the uh, homemade ice cream and, and other things. And, we didn't want to lose, uh, lose it because of its location. It's on uh, 443. Uh, there's signs. We put signs up everywhere. It's actually, if you wanted the GPS, it's it's 130 Murphy Road, Schoharie, New York. And as I understand it, you get about a thousand people a year now that come it's no longer just a backyard fun fest it's a it's a big drawing event tell us who comes who should come to this what what is there there for people like myself that may not know much about old machines well all of our exhibitors and our members are bring their stuff to the show at their own expense um, and there's, it's like stepping back in time. Gosh, we have uh, people driving around uh, the grounds in their automobiles, Model A's, Model T's, even earlier than that. We have tractors that run on steam, the old steam tractors. We have the old uh, hit and miss engines that are uh, running most of the time at the shows. Um, we have homemade ice cream. I mean, we've, we've tried to make it a step back in time and and there were a lot of us that restore this old equipment to keep it running more or less like a, a enter, not entertainment but education to help younger people understand how things got from where they were to where they are now yeah i mean just to think of the history of say farming it's changed so much from when it was dependent on animals, horses, to pull a plow. And I have a dog walking route where I'm just amazed at the giant equipment now that's used to plow the fields and plant the fields. And if you could just kind of walk us through what some of the early machines are that were part of that transition, it would be, I think, really educational for people to hear. We have some of our exhibitors have some of those things there. Um, I'm a, I always say that it's really hard to come up with the idea to make something work. It's really easy to improve on it. So some of these early fellas with their uh, blacksmith tools and things, it must have been quite an experience to make some of these early machines. A lot of them are made out of wood. And uh, very, very heavy steel. Uh, they made things strong enough. I, I say they make them strong enough, and then they doubled it. So they technology now, they've lightened things up, and the tractors are huge now. Um, back in the 50s and early 60s, a 100-horse tractor was was an amazing piece of equipment, and now they're, they're at wheels all the way around and all kinds of things. So 
we're, we keep, we try to stay before 1960. So most of our equipment there is from the forties or from the fifties back until the early uh, 1900s. Our sawmill is early 1900s and we power that during the show with a steam tractor. So they can see logs being sawn and how how it was done in the old days. That's when like I said that's when men were men because it's uh, <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of physical labor involved. I bet. And are most the exhibitors men? Now that you mention when men were men, is are there females that do this as well, or is it is it still pretty much a a, um, yeah. a male endeavor? No, there. Some of the ladies um, have. We have one group that exhibits their hit and miss engines, and they have them washing machines powered oh. uh, by these by these engines, and they're washing clothes and things just for exhibit. Of course, there are ladies that have other other interests. Also, there's uh, there's there's some ladies there to do clogging, and we have live music on, on both weekends and they do clogging and, and some of that sort of thing. So, um, and, and there is no admission. We just ask for donations if they, if people can afford to give us a little to help us out. And if they can't, we understand. And there's no, no charges for parking or, or admission or anything. It's kind of just, we've tried to keep it that way. And so far we've been able to cover our expenses by doing it that way. We do sell ice cream and t-shirts and souvenirs and things. So that's how we generate our income. Isn't that amazing in this day and age? It's free admission and free parking. It's, <laughs> I bet this year too, I, people are so kind of raring to go and get out of their isolation. Um, are you, are there any particular things people need to know as far as COVID restrictions if they come um, this year? Well, we've been in contact with the Schoharie County Health Department. We've got their guidelines on what what the state is recommending, and we have not gotten an update in uh, several weeks. So we put signs up uh, um, asking for social distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing with uh, everybody else. If you're not vaccinated to wear a mask, you know, we will... We encourage that, but we we can't really enforce it, but we can encourage it. And just by our nature, we're outside and we're we we have six and a half acres. So there's a lot of room to uh, be able to distance yourself if if that's how you choose. Um, Yeah, I don't know. We're pretty much the first event coming out of the gate on on this spring. And I hope um, I hope we've done everything right. We've done everything that we know to do right anyway. Yeah, there's, it's hard to wade through the pages of restrictions, but you're right. They All the experts say if you're outdoors, that's the safest place to be. So I'd just like to hear a little about you. <laughs> you started this whole thing by collecting antique toy tractors. How did you get started in that? What, what else was happening in the rest of your life, like in terms of a career? I, uh, I, my, my career was, it's, it's, it's nowhere, uh, hooked to, to, to this. I, uh, I drove a tractor trailer for Price Chopper for 37 years. That's where my income came from. That's what I was, that's what I did. 
to uh, as a career. So, and this was like a sideline, and I would go to toy shows and find different one tractors and things that I didn't have. And I primarily collected John Deere tractors and toy tractors. And then after I got the first one and I figured but wait, out how wait, to get wait, it running. Stop, 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 stop. I want to hear about the first one. I mean, how do you start with a collection like that? Did you have kids that were interested in old toys or what, what was it that first time that you. I had a, I had a friend who had this tractor on, the stonewall fence that was all in pieces. And I said, well, what are you going to do with it? He says, I'm going to take it to the dump. And I said, well, I'd like, I'd like to put it back together. He says, well, be my guest. So I pretty much paid him what he would get at a junk dealer. And I brought it home and I took it apart and I got it to run and fixed it up and gave it a coat of paint. And that's how it started. And there's one. And then pretty soon, so there's two, and then the next thing you know, there's 22. Oh my gosh! So I have 22 tractors from uh, I have from 1937 up to 1959, uh, in all different configurations. I have a lot of uh, oddball stuff, and I find parts for them and fix them up, and that's what I do for. That's my hobby because I'm retired now, and that's my hobby. Wow. But that first one where the friend had the tractor all in pieces, was that a toy tractor or that was a real tractor? It was a real tractor. Oh, but wow. In today's, today's, they would call it a compact. It's a very small, it's, it's, a, it's a John Deere M, and they're very small. Um, it's, it's too big to fit in a pickup truck, but it's a small trailer you can you can. Pull, pull it around with and I had that one for uh, several years taking at the shows and then uh, somebody came up and said well here's another one I wanted to sell and I go oh, okay and then <laughs> I started picking them up one at, one at a time and then I put them away stuck them in a barn and took and put them away so that I could um, fix them up when I retired and so I kind of preset my retirement to doing this Wow. Well, that was going to be my question. Where do you, you know, if someone has a collection of, say, teacups, you know, they can store it in their house. But where, like, where do you store 22 tractors? I mean, you have a barn. Yes. Oh, everything I have is inside of a 40 by 60 uh, pole barn. And they're in there, and they're wedged in there, and I have a space to walk down the center, and that's about it. They're all they're jammed in there. Um, yeah, wow. I got people coming to hey, hey, you need a bigger barn? Uh, no, no, I don't. I need fewer tractors, but <laughs> they all. Everyone is special to me, so that's why I have them, and I I, I have a hard time parting with them. Well, I bet because you've brought them back to life, you've rebuilt them, you've made them work um it's like bringing them back to life so going back even further with the toy tractors how did that start because you said the real tractors came out of the toy collection boy i i that was my that was also my early days with ebay and that was ebay has been my downfall (laughs) (laughs) they show up uh that in uh, Tonka trucks, they show up and, and I would uh, buy them to see if I could get the whole collection and different styles and things. And then 
it just kept going. And, and as I was buying parts to restore these tractors, I would go to the John Deere dealer and he had new ones on the shelf. And I'm like, oh, okay, I might as well have one of those too. And uh, I have, I have John Deere stuff everywhere. Now, do you have any farmland? Do you use any of these tractors or is it purely for display or is there a, a point where you've actually used some of them? I have, um, I have um, 20 acres, but half of it is in woods and half of it is a pasture. I have some animals out back. Um, but I've been told, why do you have so many tractors? I said, well, in case one won't start, but I, you know, you, you don't need 20. They're, they're, uh, they're just my hobby. I, I, I do uh, keep my fields mowed and things, but uh, I don't use them as to work anymore. So, yeah, my husband has an old tractor that he actually uses. It's the same age I am in 1953. I think it's a fur, I don't Massey Ferguson. Does that sound like a kind of tractor? But yeah, yeah, Yeah. just getting it to run sometimes is a challenge. So you just learned this. Did you have a mentor or a teacher or you just are naturally inclined that way? Or you learned it as you went along or how, how did you know in that first time when you were like taking Humpty Dumpty all in pieces and putting it back together again, how, how did you know what to do? Well, I've had some mentors when I get, I, I have a natural, I guess, mechanical ability. Um, and I say that, but then I stumble a lot because all this stuff there is, it's all basic mechanics and the folks who use this and, and repaired it for a living are gone. So I have to take it apart and put it back together. And why won't this work? And it's sometimes I have to go outside and kick the dirt because it doesn't make any sense what's going on. And several times I put them all together and had them all ready to go and then it won't start. And I have to take it all back apart and find out what happened. And it's, it's fun in one way and it's frustrating in the other because you can only do what, what you know. And then when when these old tractors will throw a curve at you and you have to sit down on a box and study it for a while or think about it and bring it back up in the file, what what happened to one in the past and and try to fix it. But I do have fellows who help me uh, with body work because some of these, uh, the hoods and things are dented and I've had, some help along the way with that when I have problems, but I do, I do all my own work. Wow. Well, I wonder if this, um, Mohawk Hudson Pioneer Gasoline Engine Association, do you get a sense of camaraderie with the other people in it? In other words, there must be other people like you that are doing similar things with their machines. Do you sometimes like consult with each other or support each other or try to figure out a difficult challenge, you know, with one another? Does that, is, is there that kind of intersection besides just the, you know, the shows in June every year? Yes. Um, we, a lot of us pick each other's brains about problems we're having. Uh, some of the hit and miss engines and things we have a, a fellow, um, Ralph Little, who lives in Schaharie, is really good with the hit and miss engines, so he has a lot of a lot of knowledge on those. Um, 
Charlie Stewart, who is in Altima, actually, he, he, he's into Model T's cars and his sons. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of talent at our show and to cover a lot of what we do. And then we get together and uh, do work days and things. And have, sometimes we just sit around and don't get much done. <laughs> well, uh, there's, there's terms for that, but I'll let that go because sometimes <laughs> we don't get our, we don't fill out our full work schedule. But, but we do get some things, all of our things done. And we do get to, you know, we call each other, text each other and chat and, why won't this work or why isn't that working? Usually one or three or four of us can figure out what's going on and fix it. So that's how, so we all, we all get, we all get along really well. We have approximately 200 members. We have probably between 40 and 50, I I would call uh, active members who actually participate in work days and things. And then we have other people who volunteer during our show that are members. So if someone's listening to this and thinks that this sounds like their cup of tea, how, how would they get in touch with the group? How would they join up? Well, just we have a, a registration table at our shows. Mm-hmm. And it's this weekend, the two days this weekend and the two days uh, next weekend. And then you go to our headquarters building where we sell T-shirts and things. And there's, there's a place to sign up. It costs $20 to be a member, and that puts us on our their, our email list and a newsletter, and you can just jo- join in. And if um, there's anybody listening to this that has something old that they'd like to uh, exhibit, they're, they're more than welcome. We'll just tighten things up and make a place for them. Wow, that's great. So you've mentioned several times a hit-and-miss engine and you mentioned it with the washing machines and you just mentioned it again could you just as an example tell us what that is well they're very early and they're very basic and they most of them have only one piston and a huge flywheel and once they start running their governors when the flywheels slow down enough this thing will fire and speed it back up again so it it keeps it running at a constant um, speed. And they, when you hear them run, they're, it's very unique because it's not smooth like the engines of today. It's a, it's a pop, pop, pop kind of a sound. And there's different, all different variations and models of them, but they, it's a unique sound and they're, they're kind of cool. Because because they're so basic. They're all there is is a piston and a head and, and put fuel in it and and the darn things will run, and they'll run when they're almost wore out so, so bad you wouldn't think they'd run, and they still keep right on going. So they're, they're kind of fun, and there's a place in, places in, in the country that supply parts to rebuild all this old stuff. So when you, if you find one in the weeds, um, it can be restored. Wow, that's so cool. So who should come to this? Who Like, who should be part of the... You know the spectators. What what would they learn? What would a what would a day be like at the gas up? Well, well, I mean there are several rows and rows of all different sorts of things. And if they decided that they wanted to bring their children uh, to, to to experience what it was like to live in the old days, that we we're trying to you know preserve history. 
some of the, with this old stuff. Um, all the exhibitors are more than happy to take time to explain uh, as best they can what what uh, what makes things happen there. And um, I guess that's pretty much it. And, it, and then it's, it's just a good, uh, fun time, and it, and it costs nothing. And it's a day out when this COVID thing has had everybody boxed up. They can get out and stretch their legs, and uh, it'll it, it'll take most of a day to see everything, if or as much as they'd like. Yeah, it so. sounds great. I'm hoping you have good weather. Does it go on even? Does is it a rain or shine show? I mean, does it go on even if it happens to have rain that day? It does. We were there. We have, you know, a lot of things are covered to keep them dry, but we, we do have, the show is open. Um, we do have food. We have a, a barbecue chicken and rib uh, concession and we have hot dogs and hamburger concession. And so if, if people want to come, they, they can just come with themselves and uh, we'll feed them and, uh, and they can just uh, have a have a, a good family outing at no cost, except you know if they want to buy food or whatever. But other than that, it's no cost to get in, no cost for parking. So people can and make a day of it. it. And you've mentioned several times the yeah. ice cream. Is the ice cream made with an old fashioned machine? Is that the the yeah. hook over yeah. there? Yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. us how 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 is the ice cream made? We have another one of those hit and miss engines operating with a belt that turns the turns the machines for the ice cream um, the old fashioned way with pulleys and, and belts and things and uh, we make it the old fashioned way with just ice and uh, and, and salt and, and uh, an ice cream mix and um, we produce uh, several different flavors and and um, I don't know it's a hit it, we we sell a, a, a lot. It's a hit and not a miss, I bet. Uh, I have, yeah. I, my in-laws used to actually churn their ice cream, and it, somehow it does taste better. I don't know. What is it? The texture's different? Something's different. I don't know, but that's cool. I, I, think, it's, I think it's richer um, because it's, there's, um, and the, the name of the company, it, it, the company that makes the ice cream mixes in Voorheesville, and I'm, it, it's, um, I think it's is it Mountain View Dairy, maybe. Oh wow, um, that's great that it's a local it's a local dairy that makes it. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, they I, they produce their own milk. I'm not sure all the history of what they do, but they we call ahead and they produce this for us, and uh, we've had we've had excellent luck with it, and it um, it does good. Well, thank you so much. Our time has run by so quickly. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave people with, either about the upcoming shows or yourself or just the association? Well, our, our club or our association, we go by the nickname of the Gas Up because that's pretty much most of our stuff is, is gas-powered. And it's just a good a good time to step back in time, where we don't have compute we don't have computers running anything. Everything is manual. It's like the old days. Um, I think somebody even has a, do- a rotary dial telephone there on ex- on, on display. Um, so uh, it's just 
everything was the way it used to be before the computers took over the world. And uh, it's just a fun time. And and we have very limited cell, cell phone service there. So if you want to escape whatever whatever the modern time is, it's a good place. And um, <laughs> I, we've had a lot of comments over the years on, on how neat it is. And um, if, if they ha- haven't been there before, and if you haven't been there before, you should try to make some time to go out and just see what we're doing. You, the pictures that they took, well, there was nothing there. Those are a couple of machines that were there um, that are there all the time. The people bring in all their own exhibits so it'll be starting probably thursday on it'll be packed so we'll be ready to ready to start things off uh saturday morning at 10 o'clock well thanks so much frank i really appreciate it and um i look forward to seeing it in action well i i hope you can um i I'll, I'll be there uh, someplace, but I'll probably be running around. You'll see some little guy running around like he's crazy. Well, that would be me. Um, <laughs> make sure to make sure that so we can pull this off. It's been we di- we didn't have a practice session last year. We didn't have a show, and so uh, there's a lot of exhibits that are probably going to be new. Uh, some tractors that have been restored over the over the COVID thing, and uh, hopefully people can get out and get some fresh air and be good. 